All right. Welcome to another edition of Mike Checker that we previously, me and Nia did another one before, but the audio was all jacked up. So she graciously uh, came back to jump on with me and talk about all different things she has going on. Nia Seymour, thank you for coming back. She's matchmaker in work. Also her YouTube channel about dating and, and I guess the ever essence of a woman as I, as I, I take it on. I want to talk about you one, the one you did with the brother the recently uh, after we did this one. Uh, and so let, let's, let's jump into it. Nia, let, let, what, what other things do people know about you before I kind of jump into your history and whatnot? Just say yes, I do have my YouTube channel is Neo Olivia Now. And basically my channel is all about living a positive lifestyle. And then how are you able to live that positive lifestyle? So building those positive relationships and not just like dating relationships, but your positive relationships with your parents, with other family members, work relationships also has to do with, but also I do clothing hauls. So into fashion as well. And then traveling like blogs and everything like that. So it's just a little bit of everything that I have an interest in, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. So let, let's let's jump into your history. And I want to talk about your endeavor as well be, to be a matchmaker as well. So you're from St. Louis as, as, as well as me. What, what part of St. Louis are you from? And like, what's your kind of background? Okay, so I just consider myself to be from the city. But initially, I grew up on West Bell and Sarah. So after that time frame, I kind of moved all over. Like I was literally on Windermere over there by Solden. I lived in South St. Louis, like off of Jefferson, Henrietta. So, I mean, I love St. Louis. Um, St. You're, Louis you're a person of the city. You're not like a, just a North Sider. You're a no, part no, no, of the I'm a person of the city. And then you know what? So you've heard of my favorite poet is Into Jackie Shange. You're familiar mm-hmm. with yes, her? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay, so I lived in her house on Windermere. That was the house that she grew up in. Wow. She wrote a book actually about that yeah uh-huh I'm that's just that that's that girl. beginning of black money on windermere people don't know the history of that that's like black people when they were like old school black money is on yes. windermere yes so and it was just so nice to grow up in an environment where it was an all-black neighborhood and everyone on the street basically they were black people who were doing well you know they they had influence in the community and everything like that so I'm thankful for having that having that experience and then going to Storm and Stufflin you know Stufflin um an all-black private school and I still is so crazy but when you remember like your good teachers like I remember so many people from Storm and Miss Chase Mr. Ray I remember we had like this Russian who was teaching us music and stuff like that (laughs) And he was like amazing. He reminded me of like a composer. Just Mrs. Turnage was was awesome. So I've had- so Ahead of her time. She was ahead of her time. Ahead of her time. And I wish we had more schools like that, more educational opportunities for students like Storm and Stufflin. So yeah, so grew up in St. Louis. And then I've been in Atlanta now for what, 14 years. That's what I mean. That's, you've been there just as long as you've been in St. Louis at this point, because after high school, you went to college at uh-huh. Southern. Yeah, I went to Southern. I was in Louisiana. Right. Love Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Louisiana is an interesting place. That's a whole different, I, I call it a different country. It is. It is. The people are are so different. The food is amazing, though. Like, I swear, there's nowhere else that I feel like I've been in the U.S. where the food is as good as it is as it is in Louisiana, especially New Orleans. So what made you decide to go from, you know, St. Louis down to Louisiana Southern? What, What was that? What was that kind of process? So, okay, my mother graduated from Howard. 
And she was, you know, always pushing me to want to go to a historically black institution. And I was kind of nervous. Like, I don't know if I want to leave Missouri. Like, I always feel like I'm, I'm always be here. I don't want to go anywhere. I was planning on going to Mizzou. Okay. And so then I had a mentor at Metro and she was telling me about her daughter going to Southern and I like warmer climates. So, you know, in St. Louis, it's like cold. <laughs> oh, yes. So I was like, you know what? I cannot take the, the cold weather or anything like that. I was like, let me try to go somewhere where it's going to be warm. And so that's what made me want to go to Southern and then learning about the history of Southern. Southern has a location in Baton Rouge, but as well, they also have a location that's in New Orleans. And so it's very rich in a lot of history. And I was like, you know, I've been to all the historically black colleges on like the East Coast. Let me try something that's a little bit different. So you was like Southern, why, why Southern over Jackson State or Prairie View or FAM or any of those Southern, other Southern? I, honestly, it's because of that mentor, because okay. her daughter specifically went to Southern and she started just telling me about Southern also because Southern was also close to LSU. And so I felt like, okay, I can go to Southern and have my the Black experience, but I can also be able to branch out and go over to a different type of school so that that way I would still have both of those environments throughout my educational experience. I mean, I've never hung out at Southern or LSU, but I heard that basically hanging out at LSU for Black people is like hanging out at Southern anyway. It was nice. I mean, I took classes at LSU too. So they allowed us, we had like a dual program where you could take courses there as well. And so that was like a really good opportunity, but LSU is different. I mean, Southern is amazing. LSU is too, but LSU is like that for real, like that, that football kind of school. Mm -hmm. I mean, just all the tailgating and just all these people. Like I was overwhelmed by the numbers with LSU. Yeah. Cause I mean, LSU's probably got a good 50,000 students, probably some crazy like that. Exactly. So I got, ended up getting my first apartment at Tiger Plaza, almost on LSU's campus. Oh, wow. So most people that was in your, that was your, your not roommates, but your uh, neighbors were LSU. Yeah, and plus they had the fine football players. How about those football players at LSU? Woo! Okay. That's what I'm saying. So let me, let me go on ahead over here for just a little minute and then I'm a, I'll be back over there. Okay. Yeah. You know, cause uh, I'm sure the Southern dudes knew that like, man, we got to, if, if one of them dudes from over there come over here, we have, we got to we got to guard the gates. I, I mean, I know it's how it is. I mean, that's for any you want to kind of guard your system. And they knew that you it's probably more women at Southern than it was men. Right. Perhaps you're I mean, I feel like that's the population now anyway. But I mean, for me, I didn't look at it like there aren't a lot of guys here. Right. So I mean, but that might very well be possible. I'm not because sure. I, th- I, I know I know for sure that there's in general, there's more black men at uh predominantly white universities than it is at, at the other side mm-hmm. because I, I know from my experience it was if you it, it was more more dudes it was like 60 40 Ooh. you know so if you was a girl you was coming up at, at, a, at a predominantly white school. predominantly white school okay. so yeah so why as southern what was it about that experience that shaped you to mm-hmm. you know what, what we're going to talk about in a minute like with you, you as a person so I think that for me what shaped me at Southern was just being able to have these like amazing mentors there I had Dr. Rackley I, so my undergraduate degree is in psychology and initially I was going to go into journalism then drama you know how you kind of have to figure out what really works for you but I decided on um, psychology and so I was really into research so my research in school I did a um, project I was in like the McNair program where I, did I was in the McNair program I was in McNair. I, my research was on fatherlessness and the effect it has on African-American women in terms of promiscuity and self-esteem oh yeah 
And so I just, I loved researching. And then that also kind of tied into my experience in St. Louis because I grew up without my father in my life. So going to Southern, I felt like I was really able to do something that I enjoy, but also have the benefit of having an amazing education. So I went to Metro in St. Louis, but going to Southern was just different because of the type of relationships I could have with my professor. Mm. I think that was one of one of the benefits that I had. Like I really felt a closeness with the people who were educating me. I felt like it was a family and not to say that Metro wasn't a family, but it was just a different, it was kind of like a different setup. So after going to Southern, I kind of was like, you know what, I, I'm trying to still figure out what I want to do. And do I want to really go back to St. Louis? I did move back to St. Louis for about 11 months, but I was like, I know there are other opportunities out there for me. And so that was kind of like what transitioned me into going to Atlanta or moving to Atlanta. So yeah, transitioning from St. Louis to Atlanta, what made you make that move? And what, I guess, what is it about Atlanta in general? So, okay, so during the time that I was at Southern, I was visiting Atlanta. I'm just coming out here, like one friend graduated from Spelman, I came out for that. I just came here for different things. I knew people that went to Morehouse and stuff, and I really love the city. I love the city, I love the culture, I love the dynamics of being able to see so many African-Americans being successful. But not only just African-Americans being successful, the city was progressive. Like. I I just felt like it looked nice. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm looking at the trees. I'm looking at the downtown buildings. I'm just looking at the homes where you have more space and everything. So when I got back to St. Louis, I was like, you know, as much as I I love St. Louis and I've loved the experience that I have had in St. Louis, I just felt like it was time for me to do something different. And so Atlanta was kind of like that next move because I've lived in Seattle. I've lived in Texas. I've lived in Orlando. So I moved to Seattle in the like, what, third grade with my Oh, mom. wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my mother was always, she has good friends in Seattle. So we would always travel to Seattle. That's the first place I ever flew to. So I really, I really love Seattle as well. But my issue with Seattle is that the numbers in terms of non-Caucasian people or people of color was so low when I was there. And I just felt like I didn't really want to move into an environment where again, I was going to be a minority. So do you, you go still hang out in Seattle? You still have friends there? Anything like that? Yes, yes. I still know people in Seattle. I'm supposed to be planning a trip soon to Seattle. It's, it's, oh, really? Yeah, he's been up there about five years now. Okay, okay. He and does he Amazon. like it? Yeah. Everybody, I've heard that Amazon, they got those good jobs. Yeah, and they, they, they paying that brother too. Like. Okay, Amazon's yeah. paying them. I mean, in Seattle, you know, it's cool. I mean, he always like, it ain't no black people, you know? But see, that's the same thing. Isn't that what I just said? So yeah. that was one of the main reasons why I was like, mm, I don't know if this would be my, you know, where I would just want to want to stop and stay. So I transferred. I work for Enterprise. And, you know, Enterprise is a St. Louis-based company and everything yep. like that. Oh, gosh. Like, it's right above. I mean, you know, you're getting paid. But it's like, if we could pay you less, we would. (laughs) We would. Okay, they got you over there washing those cars. I'm like, it was so humbling working for for Enterprise. So work for Enterprise for six months, and then they gave you the ability to transfer anywhere that you wanted to transfer to. So they could be anywhere. You could have went anywhere in the country. I could have gone anywhere in the country. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Enterprise. And so this it had to be an opening. It had to be an opening there, or it had to be you could just be like, yo, I just want to well, go. Well, they would help you. It was like it was almost like you could contact the branch because Enterprise is constantly hiring pretty much wherever they are, just because they have a high turnover rate, I believe. Right. You know, right. Yeah. people work there for a while and then are gone. So there were opportunities. As long as the branch had an opportunity there, they would be willing to transfer you. And think about it. In Atlanta, they probably I don't know, 50 branches or something. Yeah, you know what probably, I'm saying? Yeah, like they have bunch. a ton of yeah, a ton of locations. So it was not an issue at all. And as long as your branch manager in St. Louis, he approved of it, which he did, because I told him how much I wanted to leave and do something different, then it was a go. Hey, so you go down to Atlanta, you work mm-hmm. for Enterprise. So you work in halfway as a, uh, in the sweatshop. In the sweatshop, uh, yeah. Uh, how long people, did you I was doing this? Uber before they had Uber, okay? What do you mean? Oh, because you had to pick up clients you for their pick rental up car. The, mm-hmm, you pick up the people. Hold on, so was there any strange instance of people when you go to pick them up for their rentals? Honestly, it's crazy because I like to talk to people all the time. So I will always have like these conversations with people. Like I would be networking during those times. I looked at it as an opportunity. Like, let me network with these people. Hey, they might be working for a company. I can switch on to, you know what I'm saying? Instead of being here at Enterprise. So it, it wasn't bad. But no, I had crazy experiences in the branch with people flipping out when their car wasn't. Mm-hmm. if the car if the right car wasn't ready or if they didn't like the vehicle they almost felt like we I don't know why people treat people in customer service like this but it's like they treat people in customer service like they're so low you know mm-hmm. like I'm better than you because I'm here and they don't even know your story this is what they they kind of just decide so yeah just the nasty customers what I can say is that I did have a manager in St. Louis who was like you know what if someone's nasty with you they got to get out and I appreciated that. I think that if you go into a business and you act crazy, you should have to get out. Like we can't always be in the yes of letting someone be nasty. That's not was, okay. is in Atlanta when I'm assuming branch manager wasn't like that, I'm assuming. No, they were more like we're a yes place as in we're going to make sure that the customer is satisfied no matter what. And afterwards, we would have a conversation about it like, Mia, I'm sorry that, you know, such and such went off. But, you know, we just want to make sure they're satisfied because they want to get the good you know, the satisfaction in terms of the reviews and everything like that. They want to sell the insurance, which is ultimately, that was another thing with Enterprise was it was all about sales, was trying to sell that insurance that you put on the car. And it was just annoying after a while. Like I was like, I, I mean, like, why would I buy the insurance on there? I have my own car insurance. Exactly. And they're like, well, in the event that something happens now, you don't have to pay your deductible. But people, there are people that have enough money to where they don't care about having to come out of pocket for their deductible. So it's just like, here, I got to say this whole spiel again. You know, it just, yeah, it was too repetitive for me and not not challenging enough in terms of growth. So, so then you make the transition to where you're at now. Like, how did you decide, like, yo, I'm done with this. I'm going to go into teaching. Ooh, so that was kind of, that's a, that's a longer story for another conversation, but (laughs) so I started like bartending and waitressing essentially. And so that was the thing. I was like, you know what, at the end of the day, like, I'm not really happy in the position that I'm in. So I need to do something else. I think I worked at Home Depot's call center too for a while. (laughs) Yeah. I went to Home Depot's call center, but it was so, it was kind of hood up there. I was like, what do you mean? What, What do you mean? Right. But okay. I had never worked at a call center before. So oh, I didn't know okay. And really the whole point of working at Home Depot's call center was to get into their customer service department because I had been applying, but I couldn't get in. So it was like, okay, well maybe this will be the window in, but it was in Kennesaw and I was living in Gwinnett and I'm like, you know what? It's too much driving. So I did that. 
I was a business development coordinator for a car dealership for a while. And then I was waiting tables. And so as I'm waiting tables, I became a substitute teacher. Ah, and then that's how you got that, got into- Into education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how was being an educator been so far? So the thing about it is I love my students. I think that they are um, so amazing. However, there's so much with education that I would change and things that I feel like are fundamental in terms of learning. Like, why aren't we teaching students about how to create a bank account? We're not, you know, there's just certain things we're learning about rocks and, you know, minerals and stuff like that. When we could also be talking about how you balance a checkbook, how do you save? How do you deal with debt? What do you really want to do with your life in the future, but not just putting kids in a box? You know, like there are so many opportunities for creativity. I don't think that education is as creative as it should be. I mean, even thinking back about storming, you know, how we would do a lot with poetry and plays and music and stuff. They just don't have that as much in public schools. And I feel like for students, they're missing out on those those opportunities. So while I love working with children and I think that it's an amazing um, thing to do, I do feel like there are so many other opportunities in terms of, of work for people and where we could be utilized more with our different talents instead of just teaching something that's like very, this is what I want you to teach. This is what I want you to say. This is how I want you to walk. You don't want a student's education to be like that. Education should be exciting. They should want to come into the classroom and have a love of learning, a love of books. But I just don't think that at this point, the, the people that are over the district, the superintendents and things of that nature, that they understand. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's a numbers. I mean, it's been reduced to a numbers game for them. How many people we can get past these tests? How many and the data. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You're teaching the test. To the test. To the, the data is extremely important and everything like that. So I just, that's, that's my issue with education. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of this, the real hustle, the real future of what you've yes. been building. Let's talk about this YouTube channel. You know what? Let's, let, yeah, let's talk about the YouTube channel first. Then we'll talk about your, your endeavor into being a matchmaker. But look, so how, what made you decide to start the YouTube channel and pick it up and how it picked up so far? Okay. So back in St. Louis, I used to, my mom bought me a camera when I was in high school. And so I would go around to like Vashon games, to like Hazelwood East, like everything, stuff that would be at my school, Club Liquid, like the skating rinks and Club stuff. Club Liquid, where's Club, where was Club Liquid at? Club Liquid was downtown. That oh, was, it's, it's was, the, oh, it's society, what society turned into, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. it's been several different places. Yeah, it's been about like 10 different clubs, Toxic, it's yeah. been a whole, it was, back in the day, it was facade. I, right, I think it was, I was even there. there. Okay, yeah, it's been a lot of things. So I used to record outside of those different events or in those events. And I just loved having the camera. When I went to Southern, I took it down there. Like I would just, you know, videotape everything. I remember cutting all my hair off one time and recording that. And so, right. No, another girl recorded. I, no, I didn't cut my hair. Somebody else did. Oh, oh wow. Well. In the dorm room. But anyway, so I actually lost all of my tapes. I came to Atlanta and one of my girlfriends moved out in the middle of the night from her apartment. And I had one box still at her house. Somehow I overlooked this box when I was like moving other stuff and my box was thrown out. And so I lost all of my tapes. And so that really made me stop filming. Like I was like, mm. I don't want to film anymore because I had lost like all of these memories. And I wasn't even trying to do YouTube at the time. Yeah. It was just me for my own self. And so I was starting, let's fast forward to living in Atlanta. And I actually was going to open up a hair salon with a young woman that I was friends with. 
And so we were in the process of opening up a hair salon. And during that time, we decided, you know what, we should do a YouTube channel. So we shot our first YouTube video and we weren't able to use it because the audio isn't, wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And so the guy was just telling us like, the audio is not really good. You guys will need to refilm it. Well, subsequently we decided not to open up the business together and parted ways and things of that nature. But I was still thinking like, Nia, you like to film. You know, that's something that you're passionate about. You're, I'm also very creative. And so I felt like starting a YouTube channel would be a good outlet for me to use my own creativity, to do something that I'm really passionate about. I think whatever we do in life, we need to do something that we enjoy because you spend so much time doing that thing. So for me, creating that YouTube channel, that was like, wow, this is what I really enjoy. And it was so scary. Like it's scary to post something on the internet and have all these people look <laughs> at it or have people pass judgments on you mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it's like, and I, I was telling you this, like, sometimes I try to be a perfectionist and you can't always be a perfectionist. Like you need to just get content out, you know, yeah. but it was just something that I, I enjoyed and that made me happy. And my whole thing about life right now is the peace, the happiness, just doing things that, that bring positive vibes to me. So, so with the YouTube channel, I, I mean, I've produced a lot of the different topics on here. What is your favorite topic that's been on there so far? My favorite, let me think. It's crazy because this was a video that I didn't even get like a ton, a ton of, well, no, I have a couple of them. So the dating online, that was one that I liked doing as well as where I talked about having worked in a restaurant. Okay. So that was, that was, <laughs> that was something that, that I definitely liked because working in a restaurant is just such a crazy experience. Like you run into so many different characters and, and things of that nature. And then I like the online dating video because that's something that's really interesting right now. People are, a lot of people are online dating. So it's something that a lot of people can relate to. Like what, what has your experience been with online dating? I mean, I, I know from- Right, you know, well, I would say that overall it's been a positive experience. I mean, I've met some good people and then I met some people that I wouldn't you know, really be interested in, but, I do think that when you're a person that's super busy and, or you have a lot going on, like, you know how I was telling you, I travel to mm -hmm. go to work. Like I'm, I'm on the highway a lot. I'm doing this or that. Online dating has been one of those things where I can use this as a way to meet people because I'm not out all the time. And then also when you're out, any random guy is just walking up to you. Whereas <laughs> online, you can kind of go through and pick, you know, mm, yeah, nay, you know, kind of thing like that. But also, what I would say with online is being careful because so many people online are looking for hookups. So mm. you have to really be able to decipher or you have to figure out what people are really looking for. Same thing as if you meet a person on the street, because a lot of people now are very into quick things. They want something quick. They're not necessarily looking for relationships and everything like that. So you have to be careful the same way as how if you're just dating somebody on the street. So I'm I'm on I want I want to talk about this first date expectations of video that you did recently. Mm -hmm. I'm not I don't know the brother's name that you had. Marco and he's from St. Louis. Oh, he's from St. Louis too. Okay. He's from St. Louis. So like so first dates, I think are the most contrived thing ever. Okay. If I can yeah. just get past that and we just go do some bullshit, I'm cool. That's okay. my perspective. Maybe that's okay. Okay. I'm an old man, you know, uh -huh. and that's you know. I, I, the other day I was realizing I was like yo like 
it doesn't like yo the, the the idea of like yo I gotta do this and make sure all this like okay no if I wasn't if I'm not gonna do that forever with her then I don't need to do this at the beginning <laughs> so I need to figure out where my my middle ground is between that so with that being said what are your some of yours first date expectations from what your experiences uh, especially I mean I've seen a video by I me mean, for people yeah, that yeah, haven't yeah. seen. My expectations are just number one, like I'm not super strict on where we go on the first date. We kind of talked about that, about mm. like how much you spend when you yep. go on a first date with someone. And one of the things I was saying is it's going to be different depending on the man. So everybody can decide what they feel comfortable in spending. And that's okay. Now, I still want to go somewhere that I think is is nice. You know what I'm saying? Or at least somewhere where I feel like you put some effort into it. I mean, I could do a Starbucks date maybe for a first date. I've never done that before, but really? I'm not saying, I've never done that before. Cause I don't, I don't really like Starbucks like that. Like, Neither. I've never spent money at Starbucks in my life. Yeah, I just, that's not really a place that I'll be like, I don't God. like coffee. I, mean, I, drink, I do drink coffee. But yeah, I don't like coffee at all. So they, that's half the, that's 95% of okay. they, they stuff so, on Picking somewhere that we can go out to, but one of the things I was talking about with first date is just the man kind of, you know, pursuing the woman. I do think that a man should pay on the first date and the next date and the next date. <laughs> but, but that doesn't mean that eventually the woman isn't supposed to come out of her pocket as well. I don't think it's all about using somebody or anything like that. But I do think initially that the gentleman should be paying for this. Now, one thing the brother didn't say that I, I do. I do like a woman to act like she want to pay and I just take care of it. I don't know. Is this like a thing like, oh, no, I guess it. Okay, I, so you want them to kind of pull out their car? No, like, girl. Oh, no, I got this. Oh, okay, okay. Even though she she could play be playing me and just like knowing I am, but I just like yeah. the emotion. Like, no, no, you good. Don't even trip. And up. see, here's the thing though. The caveat with this is what about the man where you pull it out and he's like, Yeah, go ahead and take it. <laughs> but then as a woman, you know what it is already. Yeah. Well, I would be like, no, nah, I'm just playing and put my stuff back. So I'm I'm gonna put you on a special so, so on our other show just posted. I just put it up. Doja on there went on a date with a girl. She uh told him, he said, Hey, you know, I'm a single dad. And I'll have, and she's like, well, we can go Dutch or whatever. We, me and uh, his other co-host, we told him you still needed to pay when you got there. And he's like, no, but she said. That's how thinking about, like I said, his mentality. So he's like, okay, yeah. If you say we're going to go Dutch, we're going to go Dutch. Like we're going to follow through with this plan. I would, so <laughs> I would never, that, those words would never even come out of my mouth. And was the reason why she was saying they should go Dutch because he was a single parent? Yeah, and he was like, yo, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of tight with money for a little while. And she was like, you know, she really wanted to kind of hang out and, and, and get to meet him and everything. Because he wrote so this big. Do you think that a man should discuss his financial, or a woman, either way, should discuss their financial situation when they first meet someone? Because I don't ever tell people what I have going on financially when I first meet them. I think that's a little bit much. Ah, that's, that's I'm going to caution and say, no, that ain't none of your business. Cause I don't know. I don't know you. Like said, Let's go to a park. I'm going to go out and get this $10 bottle of wine. Yeah. I'm going to go get these, you know, grapes and stuff from Snooks or wherever. He could have put something together that didn't allude to the fact that he was having financial issues. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I agree with you. I, I just ain't never, I just ain't never seen that work in my lifetime, you know, in general. And just, I just don't like to have that as a, a stepping stone within a dating experience that's just me but but with him i think he kept on saying he's like yo for real i was like dude you got he's like but she said 
I was like, dude, but it don't matter. And then uh, Sleepy was like, man, I'm just so disappointed in you. Like, why are you letting this happen? No, uh-uh. So what, so what has been the craziest dating experience you've had, like, since you're in this space with this? Like, what is one where you like, yo, you tell, like, that story, like, where you tell this story to other first dates to let them know, like, yo, don't fuck up like this. I'm trying to think. It, it probably wasn't the first date. It was probably, they they might have waited till till somewhere a little a little further in no 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 i'm not talking about relationship because that's a different yeah, but thing i know you just talk about yeah dating. Yeah. i think have i even had any really bad first dates that's crazy i, I went somewhere with the young lady mm-hmm. and her ex dude was there okay so okay. i was already like okay this is what's up for real like she, right she was like no I, this is accident i was like really okay all right okay i got one <laughs> and i'm like and so dude is like pressing her and i'm like Okay, so okay, this is. I'm gonna go outside yeah, and smoke me a cigar, or have a drink, and you figure out what's going on there. Yeah, that's that's definitely weird. So I had I've had like a couple. So one, I met a guy, and this wasn't I don't this wasn't really our first. This was a date, not really a date, but we end up being in the same place. So we had gone out one night, and I met him like out of town somewhere. So we were out of town. And when I met him, I think it was like in a club environment and everything like that. And I noticed that he did know some women who were in this club. This is in a small town. And so I noticed that he kind of, you know, knew these women. And so I think like the next day we ended up going like on a walk to the bridge or we did something. We had a date though, right? Well, then later on that evening, everybody was going to this same like club. And so we all go to this same club and his baby mama is there. Oh, shit. But like his baby mama, like I look and it's like her and her friends are behind me, like aggressively behind me, like trying to almost confront me or have like a confrontation. I'm like, what is going on here? But that's not the only time that's happened. I went out with a dude and I talk about this on my channel where he had a stalker. And so I believe that that was our first date. We went out to dinner and we ate. Everything was fine. And when we got to the car, there was a car parked next to his car. And he was like, you know, when we got into the, his truck, he was like, hey, Nia, he was like, you know, I have a stalker. But he didn't tell me before. He didn't let me know. But that. is he supposed to for real like that? Like, like, yeah, like, yeah, he is. Because if she's pulling up like that, like I'm talking about, we were in, this was in. Oh, maybe that's the first time she pulled up like that. Nia, no, like, no. He oh, said this okay. woman follows him. Like, because it was such a small town, people talk like, oh, such and such is here or such and such is at this spot. You know, they're letting each other know where they are. And my thing is like, I think that safety wise, we have to let people know. That's if real. you have a stalker and now you need to ask people like, hey, do you have a stalker? Like, what, what is the situation? Like, we need to know what's going on. Another time, okay, in St. Louis, I had a weird first date and I pulled off. <laughs> I met a guy in U City and I can't think of what that place is called, but it was like a concert or something was going on. At the and pageant. Maybe, maybe. It might've been at the pageant, but so I met him and he seemed super cool. Like we was kicking it the whole night and he had on shades. And so everything was like all cool. And so then, now it was something way scarier than that. So the the next day we decided to go on our date, but he was like, okay, meet me at Snooks. I think it was like the Snooks off, I don't know where it was, but it was it was in the city. It was on the north side. And so he was like, okay, meet me at, you know, meet me at Snooks. So I pull up or whatever. And I had told my homegirl, I don't really know him. So ca- make sure you call me during this time. Cause I just want to see, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, What's going whatever. on? So he pulls up and when he pulls up, he didn't have his shades on and he had an eye. 
that was like completely, completely covered. Like it was some skin over it. Like it was, it was really like, it, and the thing about it is, was it like, it, but it, the skin was on the inside, not like covering this outside part. It was really, it was disfigured. My thing is, wear that eye patch, man, and keep it pushing. Yeah, I just, I was like, whoa, like, you know, it caught me off guard. And when my whole girl called me, I told him I had an emergency and I had to go because I. Hey, and, and what's so funny, that's probably happened to him so many times. <laughs> but that's why he just needs to tell people. He needs another. Or Wait, another time. This is a good one. In St. Louis, everything happens in St. Louis. I hey, met everybody was out on the streets. We might have met at, you know how people used to go downtown by the arch and stuff like on that? On the riverfront. Uh, yeah, on the riverfront. I think I might have met him. And I remember his homeboy approached me like, hey, you know, my homeboy wants to talk to you, but he in the car. Can you walk on over? You know, I, I already like, know what you said. He over in the car. He was super <laughs> cool. And he was in the driver's seat. He was super cool. So the next day, I think I pulled up on his house. And again, I think he stayed in like North County. So I pulled up, you know, we're young. Back then, yeah. you're pulling up on people's house. Y'all like, you know, whatever. So I pull up and I'm like, how tall are you? Like, I asked him this. We on the phone with each other. I'm like, how tall are you? Because I couldn't tell from the other night. He was like, well, I used to be 6'3". He was like, but I got shot. And so he was in a wheelchair. And oh, so you, you pull up and that dude like, hold up. <laughs> and the thing is, we became great friends like it was definitely we were we were we were really good friends and he was like a get money type of dude back then like you know he was handling his business and stuff so he like, was still in the streets but still in the streets in the wheelchair okay dude and uh boys in the hood yes and so <laughs> we ended up becoming you know really good friends we didn't date like romantically like that but that was just so surprising because it's like let somebody know you know that is hilarious. Wow. He's like my homeboy in the car. I already knew you said he in the car. He ain't just standing outside talking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was. <laughs> so let's talk about you with this matchmaking thing we've talked about. Like uh -huh. this idea, how you be a matchmaker? So this is still something that I'm trying to figure out. Right. So my basic thing is like, I think that I have actually matchmade some people before. Okay. So I think that and it doesn't always people say sometimes like if you're single, how could you, you know, be a matchmaker? But I always say I'm single by choice. It's not that I can't be in a relationship like any relationship. I think a lot of us can, but it's just wanting to be in that good, positive relationship that's best for me. And at this point, I do want to meet my husband. So I'm, I'm not really wanting to just have all these casual encounters with people and everything of that nature. But in terms of the matchmaking, I just think about how difficult it can be for some of my girlfriends for us to meet men or to meet quality. And then when I've talked to friends and they go to speed dating events, it's like, oh, you know, just the setup of it or how it was. So in my head, like I felt like I could have events. You know, I know a lot of people. I'm very social. Why not bring together the people that I know as well as other people, obviously, and come together and have positive experiences? Because I think a lot of times in social media right now and just on these different platforms, especially Black men and women are kind of being put against each other. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. Like, I, it's just, it's too negative. So let's figure out how we can have more positive encounters with each other and build positive relationships with each other. And in Atlanta, I mean, we got a lot of people, we do have a lot of women, but there are also guys. And I do think that sometimes as women, our expectations in terms of what we think we want is a little over the top sometimes. 
So perhaps if you're able to consult with someone and really discuss, because I heard this other matchmaker saying this, she was like, women all want this man that makes this amount of money or that does this. He looks like this. He looks like that. So I would want my matchmaking business to more so be like, yes, I want to matchmake you with someone, but you also have some things to improve on as well. Yeah. You know, like being yeah. able to give people constructive criticism so that they can make changes, too, because it's not all about the other person. Like I'm working on myself. It's so important that I'm a whole person, not that I meet someone and I become whole, but that I'm whole within myself. So and it's interesting you say that, because I, I think that the idea of everyone, I don't think it's just women's expectations. I think men's expectations have increased as well. And I think it's the Internet, because before if you were just a dude that was kind of dope that lived in uh, Kansas City or St. Louis, Chicago, whatever, mm -hmm. you had that that basis of your living to look into of saying like, OK, this is dope. And even like the idea of having a Bugatti or having all these different things. We only saw that on Lifestyles and Rich and Famous with Robin Leach. That wasn't no thing you could just attainably see. But now we can see that. Now you can see all, all these women that are, are technically right there at your grass. You think everything is accessible for you and everything ain't for you. Everything is not it's looks real. good. Just because it looks good doesn't mean that it's good for you. Like you want someone that you really have a good mental connection with, an intellectual connection with, not just a physical connection with. And I think a lot of people now are very into, for men, the physical, for women, it's the money. Yeah, but but that's all smoking mirrors because you wouldn't even have known about that living in Tupelo, Mississippi, if you didn't have the internet and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I, I I would say like the baddest woman in in any area found out how bad she was because of Instagram, and every dude that was had paper was papered up found out how much how far his paper can go because of the internet as well. So it's like. Mm -hmm. You know, we living in this fantasy of not of high expectations and low patience. You're right. You're right. And even I was listening to R.C. Blake's. I watch a lot of his videos. I don't know if you've ever. No, I've uh, heard of him. No, no, no I've heard. OK, of him. yeah. R.C. Blake's is pretty cool. And he kind of comes from like a, a spiritual context. I think I may have seen him. Brown skin brother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he has Glasses. his wife on there maybe sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. his wife. Is yes, on there I, I've seen him before. Yep. But I think, too, and this is something I have to tell myself as well is women sometimes we are being too easy for men mm -hmm. and when I say that, <laughs> and then what's happening is we're too easy for those certain men and then we wonder why they're not the relationship settled down type because the same thing that you're doing for him is the same thing that the next woman who meets him on Thursday is going to do because she thinks he got money too you know what I'm saying it's like we have to put up some boundaries if we really want to have these real relationships with people yeah, it, it, it's not even just about, I think it's all about knowing you and knowing mm -hmm. what you can, what you, what you're, what you're acceptable for. Yo, I, I can't wait until, and I don't know, one of the few things that I want, I want to be old with is being mm -hmm. 60 and seeing how these decisions that you thought was just the best life decision ever worked out for you. Out. Yeah. How it worked out for you. And okay, so let me ask you this. So mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes when I meet men, and I don't know if other women deal with this too, but sometimes I feel like men are very like sexually attracted to me. Mm -hmm. 
that becomes the focus though is the the sexual what everything is for men is that what are you talking about that's that's the general thing we all come to the door with that's the, we I come mean, in we what, come with dick in hand off the top that's that's all we got off the top this that's what we come right, but what let's get past that to really most we can't sometimes we it takes like the a, other a, day i was like maybe i need to start dressing differently no so i don't care if you came dressed like an amish woman somebody be like you know what though <laughs> I bet you up under that uh, or a uh, Muslim bitch up under that burqa. Right. Some, I know it her. in the sense of, and this is not every man because I, I meet a number of men, but just the guys that are like so focused on that, like Jesus, I can't even think about sleeping with you because that's the only thing that you're. But that's even, what's weeding them out for you. Would you rather another? That's weeding people out. That's a, that, that's a weed out process at that point. Yeah. It was like, yo, okay, well, we already know what you on, cool. If, if I wanted to do that, then all right, you over in that. The, uh, maybe I want to mess with you, pal, that's over there, and I can go maybe play with them toys at some point. But then it's just a sorting process, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what it is. I mean, you don't not be who you are just for these cats. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you feel that way, you want to dress that way? Now, you know what I'm saying? There's parameters around whatever. Like, right. you don't show up at the... The, the the company picnic well you know? yeah 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 <laughs> sometimes i'm like focus on my mind not on my you know yeah but every man is gonna do that that's what we come to the door with and that's that's something you have to get past the man of just understanding what that level is but i would say every man comes to the door with that ain't nobody coming to the door with that i'd, I'd say 100 percent on that and if a dude's saying that he's lying he's lying even the ugliest girl are the most I was and I say ugly figuratively because of whatever you feel is ugly right because whoever you come you, you'll be like I still tap though even though a man will still justify in their mind they want to a relationship mm -hmm. with any woman mm -hmm. I need to get my credit up I'm gonna mess with her yeah you know whatever you know it's just mm -hmm. it's a smoke and mirrors it's more about knowing yourself and knowing what you expectations are what for what you want mm -hmm. all right so guys game time it is, okay. this is time for this or that two oh. questions. Actually, no, before that, did you, I don't, we talked about before, but Ebony K. Williams, she's on Real Housewives in New York. She's the first black woman on Real Housewives in New York. It was two things she said that kind of got people in a buzz. One was that she expects a man to pay for everything and she may pay a bill. And that got some brothers upset with that. And then the second one was she's dating men that are paying $100,000 to a matchmaker to date her. Or to, to, to or be matched up potentially with someone like with her. her. So the first part of it where she says that the man should be paying for everything, I do disagree with that. I, I don't have any issue with building something with my partner and with us paying for things together because I feel like we can have a better quality of life if we're putting our money together versus us just spending your money. I, I don't have a problem with that. So I'm definitely, uh-uh. That's I mean, I, and my thing is like, that's her choice. That's her, that's yeah, her. And the men who she deals with, if that works Exactly. For them, if you're in that caliber dudes are doing that, good yeah, for you. But every other woman or every other man can, can be thinking they can do that. Yeah, yeah, no. And there are a lot of guys that aren't able to do that, but that's not a prerequisite for me. Like I don't have to, that it doesn't have to be that. Cause I feel like I bring my own things to the table. I have my own money as well. So I think that it's okay for us to put things together and to build and to go higher together, so. All right, the second part with the matchmaker for a hundred grand paying for that. I yeah. think it's ridiculous to be paying that much. And maybe if you got it, maybe if I had that much money, maybe it wouldn't be would, nothing. I think it's kind of surprising that men would feel comfortable spending that kind of money on matchmaking because there, there's this abundance of women out here. 
Now, I didn't say there was an abundance of quality, but I do think <laughs> there are a lot of quality women out here. So I would think that a man wouldn't need to spend that type of money unless there is some type of issue that he has where he mm. might be such an introvert to where he has difficulty speaking to women or initiating conversations with women, or I don't know, maybe he has a sexual issue. I'm not sure, but I, I just don't see why it would be necessary. And if I you mean, got money, that comes with the territory. Like you got a money. a whole lot less and still meet some great women. So yeah. I, I don't know. Like I just, I wouldn't be down for that. And then as a woman paying for a matchmaking company, see, you, you know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I don't think that it should be an exorbitant amount of money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, let it be something that's practical if you are going to be paying for matchmaking services. Because I know myself, and maybe it also depends on what bracket, like that matchmaking company obviously caters to higher end clients. Mm-hmm. So those clients are able to, you know, spend that kind of money. I definitely think for myself, I mean, I want to work with the average, like, you know, the middle class more so in terms of matchmaking. So that's, that's different. I think it kind of just depends on your, your circumstances and your finances. What is it on, was it million dollar matchmakers at the TV show? Yeah, that used to be. Is it how much are, do do those type of match, are they charging to say that hundred grand, like. She probably was charging that, but here's the thing. I think she was only charging the person that was wanting to be made, like the person that needed the match. Like if it was a female client or it was a male client, only one client is paying. And then the women or the men, they're just providing for that specific person. Yeah, this match make a double dip. There are now companies where both parties are coming in and spending money in order to. Man, that is crazy, man. So, yeah. But would you ever like use a matchmaker? No, nah. maybe. I mean, I don't know. You somebody would have to like lay out like their plan, and, and it might not even be worth it for them to do all that, like to lay out their business plan of what they could provide for me, and it might not even be worth their time to do all that for me. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I need this, this, and this, though, man. You know, yeah. I like this type of woman, blah blah. blah. And they'd be like, dude, y'all only charge you five hundred dollars. I can't do all that. <laughs> yeah, and and I didn't sit there wasting two hours of your time. Talking about all what I'm what what I'm expecting, you know, or what I what I like. I wouldn't say expecting, but what I like. So I don't know. I don't. I think I'd be not for my my pocketbooks can't do that. Do that. I would say. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. And then I could be like, well, damn, man, I might as well for hundred grand, you might as well just pay for a woman for the year. Yeah. Literally, I think you could travel enough though and meet that woman. If you go spend hundred grand, you could be on some trips because when you go on trips, you meet people. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like. Yep. Go on the Tom Joyner uh, cruise. Boom, there you go. And there, get the executive suite and, and see what happened. I bet guarantee you you'll find a good woman on, on that Tom Joyner cruise. <sighs> or or the uh or the North Sea Jazz cruise or North Sea Jazz, any of those little festival things. things uh-huh. And get the executive suite at that at that Joker. I guarantee you you'll find a good woman. That's, so That's maybe I need to match make. I'll be real quick. Like, look here, man, go to Tom Joyner. This is where you go. Like, I'm just gonna give you the advice. I'm yeah. not even, yeah. North Sea Jazz Festival. The Catalina Jazz Festival in California, and you, and the one in DC too. And those four, you do those four in one year. I guarantee you, find you a good woman. Okay, good <laughs> advice, ladies. I hope you're listening right now, men too. Okay, These good women at those jazz concerts. All right, this is the last part. I this is that you have two choices. You have to choose one or the other. Okay, you you, you can't pass. You got to choose one. All right, <laughs> love Jones or love in basketball. Love Jones. Okay. Why why Love Jones? Because I felt like Love Jones had a different type of 
depth. And I think that the, the challenges that they face in that movie with each other were very relatable. And then it was also more of a grown love because obviously that movie takes place as they are adults. And I just love the, the creativity of it, how the poetry was all alive. Like it was just a beautiful story. Like I just, I felt so, so pulled in by that movie. Who was more toxic, Nia or uh, Darius? I don't know. I don't know. I can't say. Like, I think that they both had issues, which mm -hmm. is what a lot of times when we're dating, both people are coming with their own issues. So I think that I, I think that they equally had some things that they needed to work on. They mess with your boy. I mean, come on, man. That's the <laughs> yo, I mean, whatever is whatever after that, but you holler at my boy. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 the, that's, the, yeah. that's yeah. the big joker right there to me that you hollered at my boy. Mm -hmm. And now I got to see this cat. Now we got beef. And I'm not saying it's your fault because it's fa his fault too. You right. know, because still. it takes two parties. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next up, Fresh Prince or Martin? Really? Okay. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I For me, Will Smith is so entertaining. And I just loved too, I think the family dynamics of that show because I'm someone that grew up in a single parent family household. So watching something like that and seeing the family just doing these different activities and different dynamics of, of the family members, I just enjoyed it. I love Jeffrey, the dad. I mean, everybody was my favorite character. You know what I'm saying? Okay, like it yeah, just yeah. it no. was it was awesome show. So yeah. I mean, I watched Martin some, but I was never one of those people that was like, I, I'll never binge watch Martin. I would just watch it from time to time because I liked Gina and Pam, you know what I'm saying? Like, because those characters were on there, I would I would be tuned in. But some of the stuff, Cole was too stupid for me at times. Like, I just, yeah. A lot of guys are really, like, into Martin, but yeah. I always say that Martin has, is funnier, but Fresh Prince has better storyline, has better, mm -hmm. is a better story. All right, next up, Will Smith or Denzel Washington? <laughs> That's my next question. Ooh, that's hard. What the heck? Will Smith or Denzel? Denzel. Okay. Denzel. Okay. And I say Denzel because I love movies. And so I just know that he has played so many roles. And so has Will Smith. But Denzel has played some very difficult roles during his career. And I also, you know, this has nothing to do with him as an actor, but just as a man and him just it seems like the relationship or it appears to be the relationship he has with his wife. That seems like that's a, a nurturing relationship. And even when he talks about how he met her, I just like their overall story. So okay. I think that's why I'm I'm more, more Denzel than Will. But I think Will Smith is is phenomenal too. All right. Def I mean not def different different world or Cosby show. Gosh, different world or Cosby show. Okay. Ugh, that's hard. Okay, okay. Nothing wrong with that. Cosby Show, again, coming from a single-parent family household, I, I really did like to, to see the family. And I did feel that Bill Cosby was extremely, you know, funny and everything like that. I can never take away from his talent, regardless 100%. of things that have transpired in later years. And so I do feel like he was, he was extremely talented. Felicia Rashad, again, someone who I just look up to in so many ways. So there were so many amazing actors and actresses that that came onto that show. All right, Whitney Houston or Mary J. Blige? So you got to choose one. Hmm. 
I feel like I can't. <laughs> like I can't. Like they both like, and then that that that's oh my gosh, and they're so different too. Like mm-hmm. that's like with with me. Okay, no judgment. This is your choice. I'm I'm married. Like, real love is my, the storyline to my, yes. Like, I am so into Mary and her story. I just watched the documentary. Yeah, it's real good. It's real good. she had. That was really good. But I say Whitney just because, my gosh, she was so talented with her voice. Like, I just can't even really think of someone that I think is on the same level in terms of just raw talent that Whitney Houston had and I also think it's just watching just the struggle that she went to as well we have so many people who are so talented and they they go through these extreme situations I was watching the preacher's wife the other day (laughs) and she just seemed like she had a beautiful spirit but then I read an article where she said she was using drugs almost every day on that that she was yeah that she was on that set and I was like what in the world like she just, I don't know. I, I just think of her as being like, I don't know. It's just, it's sad every time I think of Whitney, but she was just so talented. All right, last one. Would you rather have a man that has everything that gives you half or a man with half that gives you his all? Wait, say it one more time. Would you have, rather have a man that has everything that will give you half or would you rather have a man that only has a little bit or half of that or whatever it may be, but gives you his all? It's like the guy, piece of my love. <laughs> Okay, so the first one was a man. He has it all, but he gives you half. Right. Half of his, like, spirit? Of any, everything, period of him. He don't know oh, okay, but the other man gives you his all, but he only has a little bit of what, though? Does, he, does, he just, he just has it, like, say, like, okay, let's just put out there. Let's say this one man only make, has 80,000. The other man has a million. But mm-hmm. this man with the 80s will, will give you his all. The man that has the... the oh, I'll take the man who will give me his all. You sure about that? Cause that half of his is still more than that. <laughs> I don't know that because that's that's where that's where the whole concept of like guy with the piece of my love. Like you rather have a piece of my love instead of full love for somebody. That's the whole concept of the song. You can have a piece of my love. It's waiting for you, <laughs> but all that love ain't equaling my peace. Mm. That's hard. It's oh no, it's hard. That's a hard one. I, that's why I left it last. Yeah, that's a hard one. So. I don't know. I get a piece, even if the piece, so you're saying the piece can amount to what the all is, basically. In theory, that is whatever. In theory. Yeah. In th- going. If you're not giving me all the pieces, where are the pieces well, going? Well, that doesn't necessarily mean So that- I'll take the man that's going to give me his all. <laughs> yeah, okay. I will take the man that will give me his all. I will, I- Nia, thank you for coming on my check. I appreciate it so much. Redoing this. Let everybody know where they can subscribe to the, to the, to the YouTube channel, reach out to you, all those good things. Okay, so yes, my YouTube channel is Nia Olivia Now, as well as my Instagram is Nia Olivia Now. So definitely check out my channel, check out the videos. I got a whole bunch more stuff coming. And I, yes, I'm trying to get faster. Oh, the accountability. Pull up that camera and just start talking about a, a man, a piece of a man love. <laughs> okay, look, look, you gave me a whole new topic. Okay, I, I love it. But I truly appreciate you for allowing me to come onto your platform. And I oh, love man. what you're doing too. Just man, you been my you elementary slash middle school. Right? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But thank you as always. Once again, plug it one more time if everybody can exactly get it. Oh yeah, Nia N I A Olivia O L I V I A N O W at Instagram or YouTube. Please, you got to bring me on some of the dating ones, man, and uh, the piece of yeah, my love, man. So would you be willing to come on and talk? Yeah. About-
Oh, okay, okay. Well, then that's gonna be. I'm gonna have to figure out what our topic is gonna be. And yeah, I mean, uh, make it some ridiculous. I don't know, you know, not ridiculous, ridiculous, but some good that can yeah. be ridiculous. I'll find a ridiculous angle for it. Okay, okay, okay. That you know, works. That works. I have and a I whole know. running concept of uh, I, 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 <laughs> a fifty-year-old man, and I hope I don't get there where you just, you just, you just throw caution to the wind and start tricking. <laughs> Okay, look, I said I was gonna go out to the car wash by my house and interview the older men and ask them how many of them have been sugar daddies just to see. Like, I figured just can't, you can't, is, is the great common say what's good with that range when it's time to go home, so it ain't, you might as well enjoy it. Exactly, exactly. I'm gonna keep you posted about this matchmaking too. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. And I uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah.